ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of My Kind of Podcast. I am Connor Moore. Joining me is Sarah Lubert and Zoe Morse. How are you guys feeling today? Great. Yeah. A wonderful day, a sunny day outside. Once. <laughs> For once. <laughs> so speaking of Chicago, it doesn't get any more Chicago than our two guests that were on the show today in the form of our dear friends, from Southside Trap, Sandra Herrera and Claire Watkins. And I was super pumped to get them on the show. That was like, that was like Marvel crossover meets podcast world meets Chicago meets NWSL media. It was pretty dope, basically is what I'm saying. I definitely agree. I mean, talk about like Chicago being a community. I think that they embody that. Like they've been here from the start and covering Red Stars and they're just the OGs. They really are. They put so much work into what they do. And you can just tell that they love not only the Red Stars, but just women's soccer, the NWSL. They want to just put their heart and soul into all of it. And I think you can see that in their work and in just the way the two. Yeah, no, I think that's perfect. I think that's honestly the perfect way to describe them. I mean, it's you can tell there's obviously like a deep love that they have uh, for you guys, for the team. Uh, but it's definitely a love that's like shared, I would say almost equally with the entire league and just the willingness to not only want to see the league succeed, but everyone else who's covering the league succeed. And like you had mentioned, Zoe, like I really don't think there would be a this show if it wasn't for that show. So let's talk more about that show. Let's hear more from our guests. And that will start right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we have finally done it. We have sailed the seven seas. We have crossed all five Great Lakes. And in return, we have brought to you a crossover that not even the MCU can fathom putting together. That's a lie. <laughs> I'm being overdramatic. It is also in the morning when we're doing this, but it's okay. We have Claire Watkins. We have Sandra Herrera. We have Southside Trap joining my kind of podcast welcome welcome to the show i am very excited to have you two on the show today thanks for having us right on let's do it long time coming long email thread to make this happen but we got here we made it <laughs> lots of dates floating yeah. around <laughs> we're we're hyped hyped to be here with you guys now how have you guys been like i guess before we even really get started just how have you guys been with everything obviously you know we're reaching that point of the and hopefully of the pandemic and everything, vaccination rollouts and all that. So how have you two been been kicking around? That's a that's a good question. Um, you know, honestly, I think this the recent recent history for me been all right. Like, I do think that I'm feeling that end of the tunnel a little bit. But yeah, I think that probably the main thing I'm feeling is now that I'm sure some of you guys are feeling this as well, this feeling of, OK, so we're kicking off again. We're doing this all again. But did we ever really stop? Like one of the things about 2020 was that it, nothing was happening, but also it felt like everything was happening like all the time. So it's just a little bit of just like, okay, we're buckling up. We're getting ready for 2021. Optimism, feeling good about things going forward, I think. How about you, Sandra? Yeah, right on. It's been a, it's been a mixed bag, obviously, right? It's a pandemic, something that I don't think any of us ever imagined that you know, at our ages that we would have to go through or experience. It's also become like a constant feature on 
our show. It's uh, in, in covering the league and in covering the Red Stars. It's something that's always in the front of our minds, like when whenever we're producing content, because it's something that has been in the really in the front of our present day lives. So feeling a lot different, I think, than then, you know, I know that we both are feeling a lot different than we did this time, you know, last year in 2020. I think we were both like peak, like fear, right, of everything happening and, and trying to really adjust things on the fly uh, in terms of our own personal lives and also trying to make sure that something like Southside Trap still existed. As long as the Red Stars existed, the podcast was going to exist. And it's nice to be here a year later, still dealing with an ongoing pandemic, but in a much different capacity. Um, so a much better place than last year. I actually want to kick this interview off starting about last year and, and COVID and everything that happened. So you had mentioned that as long as the Red Stars and really the league existed, Southside Trap would exist. So how much more difficult did all the COVID-induced changes have on your content creation and everything from the from when the pandemic officially started to now? And are there any parts of it uh, anything that you learned throughout it that you would keep moving forward with, with any of those changes? Do you want to go first? <laughs> we're both just like, yeah, we're just like, uh, well, can we both um, just like take a second to like, uh, well, the, 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 yeah. one of the main things that happened to us last year and, you know, best laid plans and all of that is we launched a Patreon page in January of 2020. So we, we had been doing work for um, the SB nation uh, Chicago site and we went independent at the beginning of last year and we were you know turn of the year we were getting ready for 2020 we launched this patreon page um and then <laughs> we were planning we were planning to go to portland for the portland invitational we were excited we were going to do preseason content we were really going to get this ball rolling of, of just showing our value even just to the people who were so kind enough to sign up to that um and and really start planning out what happens next and then everything shut down and so for a second, I think, you know, if you guys remember this as well, where we didn't know if this was a week, a month, a couple months, we weren't sure exactly what was going to happen. And so that period of time from where training stopped to the challenge cup being announced, it was very week to week. And Sandra and I, for the first time, I think, learned how to make stuff that was not reliant on sports happening. And so I don't know exactly if I would say that that kind of thing is what we prefer to do. We like it more when there are games and things to talk about, but uh, we've had to think outside the box a little bit and kind of uh, bet on ourselves and like bet on our own personalities and our own interests and think, okay, so if we come up with these game plans for these different podcasts. We did a lot of Chicago Red Stars history, but even in this most recent off season, we've done stuff like we've talked about movies. We've talked about just a bunch of different things. And so that I think has forced us to figure out exactly what Southside Trap is, even when the Chicago Red Stars are sort of in hiatus. And so I think that that's been positive, but I can only speak for myself in saying that that's the kind of uh, invention that comes from like hard times. And I would love for there not to be the need for that so much this year. 
Claire speaks for both of us. That's a lie. She speaks for she speaks for each of us. No, it's it's true. Again, just I mean, pig, piggybacking off of that and and what we've already expressed, where we felt we were like a year ago. It was it was already kind of a a scary place to to be in for Claire and I with Southside Trap. Be, just because outside of the pandemic, before it really kind of got kicked off, you know, we had made the decision in in faith, really. Like we just took a real leap of faith in that we had been doing a lot of groundwork to cover the team for many years um, on an independent level. I mean, we're still on an independent level and uh, attached to like a bigger blog site and kind of having, having South site trap exist as it was, we just knew we had to try to figure something out to maybe uh, make it, take it to some other next level while still maintaining it as, as kind of ours. Right. And it, it's it's scary when you kind of bet on yourself and and you roll a dice and you do that and by larger extension really inviting others um, to take that same leap of faith with you. We're very blessed and fortunate um, to sort of be part of this you know larger what's you know basically a Red Stars culture here locally specifically like I'm saying locally. Um, yeah, there's Red Stars fans all all over the place. But Midwest Chicago is, uh, is is home base, and um, saying that we wanted to like launch a you know a patron and roll out you know subscription tiers is 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 scary. You don't know if people are going to respond well to that. You know when folks are used to to getting the content for free. You know, for lack of a better word. So it's a it's a scary place to already be in. And then we went ahead and did that. And it was really exciting. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and really kind of derail things. But I want to say that it taught us a lot. It forced us to grow in a lot of really uncomfortable ways. Even in all of like the really hard moments, uh, it was also like really a lot of fun. It was also nice to to go back and and do um, what we call the, you know, Days of Red Stars Past series. And we we forced ourselves to go back and, and rewatch some really rough Red Stars game, sorry to put everybody on blast. And, um, you know, and I'm, I don't mean just because of like the tech, the questionable tactics. I mean, like the YouTube streams are rough. Like if you try to go and watch those. It was scenes. like somebody's dad was on the side of the field with like a camcorder, just like yeah. trying to catch catch the action in 20 yeah and we were just there trying to be like look at her look at her go look yeah. at her go like it was uh it was it was rough but it was also again that stuff was also a lot of fun and it was it was also something that I, I feel like needed to happen it was really important um it was good to go back and and document these things and sort of have like an extra part of uh red stars analysis on record you know because that was part of what like motivated us to keep this thing going was that there wasn't really like a red star specific podcast at the time when we initially launched it so um it was it was rough but i'm excited to get back into uh into our regular like weekly content which is you know previewing and recapping games and uh, talking about performances yeah and one one final thing that well we could just talk forever but um the other thing that I think happened over 2020, which was not new, it was not something that we learned, but I think it just kind of reaffirmed. And I've said this to people before that um, Southside Trap at this point is definitely a podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars, but it's also based first and foremost on the friendship between Sandra and I. And so keeping this going through 2020 without knowing exactly what we were going to do was always based in a place. It was like a good excuse to check in and just be like, Hey, are you good this week? How are you doing? 
you know, uh, do we want to hop on a call? And this is when we were all trying to figure out how to see friends without seeing friends. And it was just a really good way for us to be like, here's a little bit of a schedule for our lives. Here's us knowing when we're going to talk to each other, when we're going to see each other. And that really was the basis of all of it and still is. Um, and so I think that that was another thing about 2020 where, you know, those are the, that, that's the kind of situation where if your foundation isn't solid, things can really kind of fall apart. And I think that we just kept coming back to that where it was like, Sandra and I are friends who like to talk about the Chicago red stars. And that carried us through a lot of, a lot of the really, you know, low moments of last year, I think. I love to hear how you guys are focusing on the positives that have come out of this. I think that's something that we all need to hear sometimes. Um, but I'm interested to hear more about your creative process through this time. And I was reading through some of your blog posts and I found the one where you compared Red Stars players to churches in Ukrainian village. And that I like, I love this area. And I, those churches, I knew every single one of them because I see them on all my walks. And I was like, this is my kind of blog post anyways. Um, so that like, I wanna hear more about how you guys pushed yourselves to find that creative content where you're like, I'm gonna, like, that's definitely a listener right there as you're walking by one of the churches. So how did you dig deep into that? <laughs> Claire, well, went for, Claire went for a walk. I, well, well, you know, early said, days, early days of the pandemic, I, what do you do? You go on walks, right? The weather was great. So yeah, so I live, I live in West Town. I live in that area and, um, I started when I was feeling, when I was feeling like, oh God, I don't even want to leave my apartment. I was like, I'm going to go look at a church today. Cause I like all the churches in that area a lot. And, um, and then that just coincided with, so I, I just on like my, my personal Instagram, I would just do like church TV where I would just like walk around taking pictures of all the cool churches in the neighborhood. Cause I love them. And, um, but then that kind of coincided with kind of what I was saying about when you don't have quote unquote, just like regular sports stuff. You have to think about other things. And I think that those kinds of blog posts that also, that also is enabled by the Patreon because if I, if we were working for some other website that does more just normal sports stuff, you might not pitch them. Hey, so I've seen, I think I can assign a red star to every church in my neighborhood. Does that sound normal to you? And they're not going to be like, yes, that sounds great. Let's put that on our website. Um, so enabled by the Patreon and, and yeah, I think that what, what we saw a lot in terms of that writing was wanting to have something to write. Cause like I said, always just wanting to give back to the people who signed up for that Patreon, who has given to us and invested in us. Um, and then also trusting that like the silly little thoughts in our brains are things that people might be interested in reading. Um, that kind of stuff though, I will say, and this is kind of what I was saying about how not entirely feeling necessarily like you get a lot of time off is it is a lot of kind of racking your brain for those sorts of things. Um, and so that is where weekly content can be kind of tough in sort of a perpetual off season. But, um, but yeah, so, but short answer pan pandemic madness for sure. And then, uh, also just compiling all the fun little ideas that you could never pitch to somebody and just writing them anyway. So that's kind of, that's where that came from. 
Yeah, my favorite my favorite part about Claire posting all of these pictures, because I love them. I was like, oh, man, I love, you know, Chicago is the best, right? But we can all agree on that. And the architecture is part of it. And that includes church ar- architecture. And I'm someone who grew up growing a church. So I, I loved it anytime she was putting these photos. And I remember I was like texting and she was like, what do you think about you know, X, Y, Z. And I was like, I think you should do it. (laughs) And like, that's also, and like, that's also the other part of the like content process for us is that like, we'll have this idea and we'll just like hype beast it up for the other. Like, we'll just be like, yes, that is smart and cool and you should do it. Um, And that's again, yeah, Claire's hundred percent correct. That's, that's part of the freedom that comes with sort of uh, running your own shit right like doing your own thing um and you sort of are just able to produce what you would like to produce and uh come up with what whatever you would like to to come up with whether it's something like (laughs) red stars is churches or longer form things um you know getting more personal on on the patreon when you can like i was trying to do check-ins with people during you know really the height of the pandemic covid just be like hey like how are you doing here's where my like pandemic brain is at um you know talking about the virtual kit launch and and while everyone and their mama was covering it and talking about how cool it was like yes it was but you know us being attached to the city gives us you know and us having the patron gives us an outlet to to make things more personal so i got more personal with the neighborhood kit and talked about my neighborhood on the neighborhood kit you know it it uh it provides those things so a lot of it is a lot of it is just Claire's not wrong. Ha- the foundation of Southside Trip really is our friendship and and the shared brain and uh, our deep affection for the Red Stars and being able to to just reach out and text each other and and uh, encourage each other to to produce that kind of stuff. Well, I'm grateful for it. I I appreciated that content. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's good feedback. <laughs> More of it. <laughs> Um, so setting COVID aside, what would you guys say are some of the other like challenges that you guys face just day to day as reporters while you're trying to write and publish your work? Well, Sandra and I are going to probably have different answers to this because for me, it's because it's not my job. Um, I have a different job that I do to, to pay my bills. And so I think this was this kind of maybe even connects to the the answer of the last question which is i i am not always available or there to do breaking news to do investigative reporting um because this is something that i do in my off hours so i would say that what i struggle with a lot is that work-life balance first of all because when you've turned this this hobby this thing that you like so much into a into a job and you want to keep content going and you want to be legitimate in the space and this is also you know part of the reason we launched the patreon is because the other places where we were writing we weren't getting paid almost anything at all and so the patreon has been great because that at least covers expenses it's a little bit of pocket money it's getting something back for that time so I think for me, it's wanting to be part of that conversation, wanting to be on the forefront of things, but also having to trust that I do actually bring value into the space to, despite the fact that 
what I end up doing a lot of times is more, more analysis and commentary because I can't, I'm not on all of the calls. I'm not, um, I'm not there. I don't have the resources necessarily to do it as in depth as I would like to. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. And, and Sandra is probably is a little bit different, but that's also why it's good. We both have different things that we, <laughs> we both have different things we have trouble with. That's a, yeah, no, that's the best way to put it. No, I mean, um, Claire's not wrong for a long time. Uh, navigating this space in a soccer media sense is very difficult. I know people hear that a lot about this space. It's uh, it's because it's not wrong or incorrect. It's just true facts. I think there's um, there's a certain level of uh, solidarity that comes into play when women who navigate the sports media space of uh, NWSL or women's soccer in general feel I think with the players um, just because of the the struggle that is there to uh, have your work you know be valued essentially um, and compensated right and um, I think it, it actually helps the space a lot uh, to sort of have that commonality I think I covered my I, I know I, I covered my very first Red Stars game in a media capacity 2016 and I got hired by CBS in 2020 so there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of struggle that happens uh, between all this, and there's a lot of uh, what's called a lot of you know people refer to it as like a labor of love, and there's a lot there's a lot more days where it just feels like general labor versus labor of love, and um, there's there's still that sort of uh, balance that you know I personally try to find um, between all this. Um, because of the position that I'm in now is, is a little, is still a little bit different. It's, you know, I'm someone who wears many hats. I love covering NWSL. I love covering all the teams now. And, you know, of course, still the Red Stars with the Southside Trap. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm covering Men's Champions League along with Women's Champions League or um, any type of men's international capacity. So, you know, wearing many hats is... Uh, it's interesting. And uh, it's always about finding a balance. And it's always it's interesting navigating soccer spaces, plural in general, because of how how different the spaces are when you're covering um, the men's side of the ball or the women's side of the ball. So there's a there's always difficulties in that, you know, and um, for example, today is as of as of this recording, like hopped on because CBS is getting more uh, soccer rights deals. And we're talking about Serian and Italian deal. And, and even within that, because of who quote unquote, like I am in the space, people are automatically asking like, okay, so like, does this mean the women? And I'm like, I have nothing to do with making these deals. <laughs> like I just write, I just write about them and here they are. Um, you know, but it's funny getting and fielding those type of questions because, uh, you know, I, I often find myself asking the same ones still, you know? Um, so yeah, there, there's a, there's a struggle that always comes into play when you're not just someone in, in this space on an independent level, but someone in this space on an independent level who really, really cares. Um, because there's, there's contrary to popular belief, there's a lot of people in the space, but there's not a lot of people who care. And for a very long time, I'll, I'll have an ego for a second and say that Claire and I are, are two of, you know, maybe a dozen of those people I can, we could probably name off personal friends and colleagues 
that we can point at and say, that's, yes, a person, an active person in the women's soccer media space, but they're also an active person in the women's soccer media space who cares. Um, so there's, there's a, a huge difference in that too. There's a lot of people out there who want a byline and there's a lot of people out there who want the byline and then leave. So um, it's an it's an interesting um, it's an it's an interesting space and process, and um, you have to be you got to be built different. You got to be built a certain way to hang on here. I want to talk a little bit about about that um, that landscape. Um, now that you mentioned it, how do you two feel like the landscape when it comes to covering the league has changed in the past few years? Uh, you had mentioned like the amount of people, so let's talk about this. The, let's talk about that amount of people. Just the the general content the interest in covering the league the caring aspect as you mentioned how much of that do you guys feel have changed since you guys have started following the team and started uh covering the nwsl i have to say that i want to first put a little bit of a disclaimer with which is just obviously 2020 was what it was right so probably you're not seeing a lot of investment in sports coverage in general right a lot of really good writers who who didn't have a home didn't have a home last year. Um, I think we see, I think we're seeing some progress, definitely some definite progress in um, local media getting involved with teams. I think in, in just this idea that the profile is rising. So people whose job it is to write about Chicago sports or Houston sports or, or whatever are, are aware of the team. <laughs> That's a good place to start. They know the team exists. They have an idea of how the team's been doing and they are able to, this is actually one of the good things about these zoom calls is they can hop on a zoom call get quotes, put that in. And so that's great for the teams, I think, because they're getting that more regular coverage. What we are not seeing is, um, you know, I always say this, there is one full-time women's soccer writer in this country. And that was true a year ago. And it's true today. Um, and I think <clears throat> that's something where like, you see someone like Sandra, who's out there for CBS and is a great, is a great person to point to, but she's not her full-time job. That's what she was saying. She doesn't write about women's soccer full-time. Um, she has a lot of other things that she has to do. The one person whose job it is to write these stories is Megalyn Ahan at the athletic. Um, and I think that we're still not seeing that equity, that idea that it's worthwhile to have one person on a salary whose only job is to chase women's soccer stories. Um, you see a lot of freelancing in, in higher profile freelancing, which is good. Um, you see, we've had some interesting, like some brands come into the space, some like VC funded or brand funded content. I mean, I think like what, like Alex Morgan's like together, I think what they're doing is super cool. Um, and so they're trying to create that themselves but we're not necessarily again, seeing that equity in, you know, who is the full-time women's soccer writer for each of these different outlets. Um, so it's like, a, it's a given, it's a push and a pull a little bit. I think we see some progress, but we also, I think a lot of things, a lot of things are propped up by that labor of love more than I think people realize still is maybe what I would say. You know, even when you're looking at, at those, those big, uh, those big outlets. And you're seeing that it's, uh, that's one of those people that we're talking about when we're saying we point at who, uh, you know, does good work and cares, you know, when we're talking about Meg. Um, there's other folks who have to, you know, like I said, like wear a lot of hats and, you know, we, we know them and, and work with them. You know, we see them at Red Stars games sometimes, you know, somebody like, you know, Annie Costable with the Sun Times, you know, she does great 
fantastic and very important and necessary work, you know, covering the Red Stars at a local level. And part of some of my favorite work of Annie's is, is not Red Stars work. I mean, because she writes so many other things <laughs> for the Sun-Times, you know, it's not the one hat that she wears at the Sun-Times, you know, that's just something that is pretty common when it comes to new newsrooms or more uh, mainstream outlets like that. And there's always this sort of, you know, sort of weird, goofy counter argument where, uh, you know, you get into these spaces and it's like, well, there's no one, you know, person covering X baseball team or, you know, Z soccer team, men's soccer team over here. So like, why would there be, you know, one dedicated per for person for this? And then um, it's sad because it's like, you could look at some of the work that's being done and how good it is. And you can only imagine that if uh, that additional investment was put in, how much better the space would be. So it's a... Uh, we're still living in a very transitional time when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, too. And I, I didn't I didn't mention this where I think what well, I would love to see maybe let's pivot this into like what I would love to see going forward is I think what we're seeing now is people are getting really good at that conversation of women's sports only get four to eight percent of sports coverage. How do we fix this? But that's also kind of turned into this no one is writing about the NWSL. No one is covering the WNBA. And you have a lot of people being like, I'm right here. <laughs> I've been doing this <laughs> for years. Just no one's paying me to do it. <laughs> and so I think that we just need to be very careful that it's not true that nobody is writing this. It's that they are not being amplified. They are not being invested in. It, it's not going to be able, that coverage, which is quite good, cannot grow without investments, just like women's sports can't grow without investment. And so what we're in some danger of is people who don't know the space as well, or, um, you know, have found success elsewhere or, you know, in any sort of way they move in because they're the known properties uh, to, to media companies. And I think what I would love, and I think this is true for the WNBA as well. We see this a lot where you have a lot of independent content creators and journalists and analysts who now that more eyes are on the league are either being told that they don't exist or are being kind of passed over for other people. And so I think that um, that's sort of the in-between as well, where the work is there, but is it being amplified? Is it being invested in? So you both talk about this labor of love and you both obviously exude it and it's involved in every, all the work you do. Um, and I think we kind of skipped over, how did you both get into this space? Like, how did you both find yourselves here? I will just I will just be yeah, very frank. I'll I'll put myself on blast on the my kind of podcast. Um, I loved the Chicago Red Stars and still do. And I was like, there's not enough here. So I am someone who enjoys writing. I have a, had a background in it and uh, was like, let's let's write about the Chicago Red Stars. It just started with wanting to cover the team and maybe provide um, another perspective. In getting into the space, I was someone who also didn't just want to write about the Red Stars. I wanted to offer my perspective and be someone who didn't really exist in this Red Stars coverage space. You know, I'm someone who navigates all of my 
worlds as who I am, you know, as a self-identifying, you know, you know, queer Latina. And I, I didn't see or hear those type of voices in the Red Stars uh, space. I remember watching that 2015 draft class come in and do what they did for the Red Stars and being so hyped on it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout out Sofia Huerta because I remember being so hyped for watching her play. And I was like, why well, I don't, and I was one of those dummies who was like, there's not enough people writing about it, who no one's writing about this space, right? Et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, wow, I was like, this player's got, got such a great story. And I felt like I wasn't seeing enough of it, at, le- at least not from like a local Chicago um, perspective. It kind of motivated me to get in the space. And I was like, you know who's going to write really well about a really badass Mexican-American player? Another really badass Mexican-American writer. So I got into the space <laughs> because I wanted to be able to tell those stories and be able to cover cover the team in the lens that I could provide. Yeah. And for me, I mean, again, I'll also put myself on blast. I was looking for a job at the time. I had a period of maybe like a month or two where I was in between work and I was like, I need, I need something to do with my brain. And so I was a big fan of the NWSL, big fan of the red stars. And so I started looking for, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if you can't, if you can't work, then you gotta, you gotta find other stuff. And so, um, yeah, I started pitching NWSL things during that time. And it's a similar, it was a similar impulse though, to, to, to Sandra, which I think for me, you know, at that point I was in my, you know, early mid twenties. And I was thinking to myself, like, there are not a lot of people writing about this league who are a similar age to the people playing in it. And I was just thinking that there was a certain element of, I think you saw at that point, the people who were writing about the league, wanting to do it in a very like cut and dry sports sort of a way, which I think is great because it needed that to gain legitimacy, right? There's that idea of legitimacy by treating it purely just as sports. And I thought that was good, but I was like, these are, these are people like, I can see myself in these people. And I think that I can write about the ways that this is cool in a different way than other people. And so um, that was, that was the impulse. I think it was a, yeah, a similar thing to Sandra where I thought there could be more and I thought it could be better. And, and I wanted to, and I was like, well, if <laughs> rather than just kind of like sitting there and thinking, oh, this could be better. Why don't I try to add to that? So, um, and then it just kind of draws you in. Once you get started, it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to separate yourself from it because it is so cool. And it is, there's always new stuff to find out and there's new things to learn and um, stuff is always happening. So so yeah, so that's how that's how I got into it as well. <laughs> you guys talked about your guys' individual. Wow, my voice is gone. <clears throat> and so, uh, your, you guys, how you guys individually got into the league. So when did the collaboration start? When did when did you when did you guys come together? And was like, all right, you like this, I like this. You're pretty badass. You, where we could be pretty badass together. Let's do this thing. So when did that start? I will say this is, I almost missed this actually. I, part of the reason also I wanted to get into writing about sports was because I wanted to become friends with all the cool people who were like tweeting about it. And so I was like, I want to, I want to hang out with those people. So, um, I started writing, I started writing for the SB nation site at the beginning of 2018. It was the 2018 season and Sandra was already writing for them at that time. Um, 
gosh, Southside Trap, Sandra started on her own. And then I think I, she needed, first of all, I think I, I was like, hey, if you need help with production, let me know. And then that turned into a more regular talking to you on the podcast. Um, I don't know if you remember it better than I do, Sandra, but yeah, it was early 2018. It was through the SB Nation Chicago site. Um, and yeah, Sandra's work was, was I already, I already admired at the time. So. Oh, Claire, I'm her. Our story is my, is my most favorite love story. What are you talking about? Our friendship is the greatest friendship story of all time. Um, yeah. So I, yes, I was in the space of, you know, SB Nation's, uh, soccer site. It was hot time at all time. And, um, already for for a couple years and I was the Red Stars editor right that was my title at the time and we wanted to grow we wanted to grow the space um shout out to Bridget Gordon who was my editor at the time and we were like you know by growing this it's a, it's a it's a Chicago Fire website so by growing this the space she and I actually meant we want more <laughs> Red Stars coverage in this in this space because again when when you attach yourself to something like that um again it still wasn't its own space for the Red Stars. It was a space for the Red Stars in a larger space for the Chicago Fire. So we wanted to continue to sort of grow that. And um, it was really, it was really dope sort of putting out a call for, for work and for writers. And we wanted to place an emphasis on uh, people, you know, non-cis white male writers to be able to come into this space and, and work with us. So naturally, a number of people who inquired were cis white men who wanted to write about the red stars. And then in between that, we got, we saw somebody like Claire who had like reached out and like wanted to, to do something. And I, had, I remember seeing Claire's work on, on a space like, like equalizer. So I was already, I wasn't unfamiliar uh, with, with Claire's work. I was like, yeah, she can, she can write like, you know, but just to go through the process, it was like, Oh, like write something and we'll review. And I was like, yeah, this was amazing. Like, of course, like bring her on. And at that time I had already been contemplating for myself for the year. And I was like, man, there really needs to be, there needs to be a Chicago Red Stars podcast, man. Like, how is this like one of two major markets and this team doesn't have a dedicated podcast, like the podcast that talks about the games, weekend, week out, performances, analysis, stuff like that, right? It started, Southside Trap started as like a, a silly basement project with one of my homeboys. And he was like on the verge of, of graduating himself. And he was like, you know, an audio, uh, you know, engineer major. He was like, I'm trying to boost up my stuff. I, I really like, we should have like a sports co like podcast. I would love to have that like on my portfolio. I can help you. Like you should do that. And like, so it was like a lot of motivation from him. So shout out to my boy, Jose. Um, but it was a lot of me just uh, in his basement talking to padded walls on a mic. Like in my concept was like quick 15 minute, like caps and previews of like the games that were happening. And I, it was cool for like a second, but it gets lonely real, real quick. And so like I branched out and we're talking about these really cool people who we know on the internet who also write about the space. So I started like, reaching out to try to have guests on people that I knew were involved in other spaces with other teams. So, you know, Jordan Smalls, who's still with Washington today, uh, you know, whenever you guys played the spirit, I would have her on and so forth. And then it was much better having a community, right? Someone to do this with so Claire came on board officially and I think there was like a day where I was like scrambling as of course as all content happens best you scramble to make the content and uh Claire was like yo you ever want to just like 
talk about the Red Stars for Southside Trap. Like, let's do this. And so we did. So she was like, yeah, come through. So it was funny because it was like Claire at the time lived super north, right? Oh, yeah. I lived in Edgewater. Yeah. <laughs> like in Edgewater. So we're doing Southside Trap yeah. in just Edgewater. Yeah. And it was like so it was just so funny. But it was like so it was just it was good. It was like you were just in a room talking with your friend about the Red Stars. And um, you notice that the listening engagement trend started to, to shift and the community started to, to really buy in. And um, it just stood like that ever since. And all of a sudden, like just a one or a couple times where Claire was, you know, so supposedly guesting, it it no longer was that. It was like Southside Trap had become, you know, the both of us. And uh, it's that's what it is today. To kind of continue with this like timeline that we're going on right now, what have been your favorite moments to cover with the Red Stars? Yo, in terms of Southside Trap? Yeah. <laughs> um, getting Sam Kerr was huge. The Sam Kerr era was, I, I don't want to say that we were unprepared for it because, you know, we had watched outside of Southside Trap, we had watched, we had both been introduced to the Red Stars through, you know, a star striker, right? And Kristen Press. And, and we've done episodes on her and stuff like that. But getting somebody like Sam Kerr and then getting to cover the Sam Kerr era on a podcast that now exists for the Red Stars was like incredibly special. And um, we've gone on record numerous times saying that the the 2019 season and the 2019 roster is is to date until somebody breaks this. Talking to you guys, to date is going to be the greatest Chicago Red Stars team of all time. Um, and they were they were fantastic to cover. Um, and I mean the 2019 season was incredibly incredibly special to cover. I mean we covered it literally beginning to end, starting when that off season, attending the draft that took place in Chicago going to Portland for the spring invitational, covering every single home game that the Red Stars had, um, including the semifinal, going away to cover that very heartbreaking championship final. <laughs> Running around media day, like running around heads media cut day. Off. Yeah. <laughs> Just being um, like, tell me your favorite Chicago baseball yeah. team. Yeah. And having, and having really uh, the team just sort of, it was funny because Southside Trap had already existed for a certain amount of time to that point. So by the time the, the final came around, it was like talking to you guys, talking to players. It was just like talk to like a bunch of women just talking to each other who knew each other in the workspace. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was good. The the season was good and the content was always great whenever it got involved with, with the players. And uh, so 20, 2019 as a whole, I would say, was particularly special. But I mean, that semifinal is up there. Yeah, 2019 was the one year, I think, that we were all really firing on all cylinders for the entire season. And, um, you guys haven't experienced this yet as pros, but when, when you're able to have mixed zones after every game and you have, you know, all sorts of like in-person contact, when you have people like us <laughs> who are there all the time, it's always just like, yeah, it's me again. I wanted to ask you about like what happened during this game, you know? And so you do get to develop, it's, you know, at least just like a face-to-face -face rapport a little bit. And, um, I'm very proud of the work that we did, especially at the end of 2019, covering the semifinal. And obviously it was due to the work of the team that we were able to do that at home. Um, getting to experience that with Chicago Local 134 as well, getting to see their growth throughout that year. Um, and then, yeah, and then going to championship weekend and championship weekend is the one weekend of the year where it's 
it's it's very cool it's we talk about like in the in our group chats with the other women's soccer journalists we're always just like oh i miss championship weekend so much um you get to see all your friends everybody comes into town it's a big party celebrating women's soccer um and you get to kind of end this journey and obviously 2019 didn't end the way that we all wanted but the cool thing about that though was that we still did it and it that still happened and yeah media day talking to everybody going to open training the following day talking to rory multiple times throughout that weekend um we had we did you know a very long championship weekend two-part podcast and then at the very end of the year we also did a long interview with justine freud who was the communications manager for you guys um for a number of years and i just think i go back sometimes and i and i re-listen to those and i'm just like I'm not sure there is anybody who just listening to those podcasts, the vocabulary and the high, the intelligence in terms of history of the team, what the team was doing, uh, what they were trying to do, what they achieved at, what they failed at. Um, that literacy in the space is rare. And that kind of goes back to people who care. And I think that I'm really, really proud of that. And it was an experience that I will, I will never, I will never forget those two weeks semifinal to the end of final weekend. That was wild. When this podcast comes out, this won't really be, you know, current events, I guess. But yesterday, March 24th, um, Midge, Curse, and Megan Rapino got to meet (laughs) President Biden and Dr. Jill Biden, and they got to go to the White House and speak about equal pay. So when, and I, of course, Dr. Grace's Twitter is before this, and I saw bunch of excited tweets which I loved <laughs> um so I wanted to ask how you guys see that impacting not only women's soccer but just you know even your guys's industry I know it's related to women's soccer women's sports but just all industries like for all women yeah I think that's a really good question um I think I think the more we talk about this, the higher profile this conversation has, I'm not sure you get much higher than a meeting with the president um, is good. I know how specifically stoked all of us were that it wasn't just Megan Rapinoe, that it was also Midge Purse, who is someone who has risen her profile through the league, the league that we all love and the head of the Black Women's Player Collective um getting that opportunity as well i think that was just like you look at you're like we're doing it we're making it um and i think it's just about follow through right i think um you see a lot of pr you see a lot of convert you know people talking about things and how they need to be better uh and i think that it's all just about holding people to the follow through um whether it's talking about equal play for um the u.s whether it's talking about conditions for you guys, resources for league players. What's the follow through on that? Um, The NWSL really wants to be on the forefront of these issues and supporting women and supporting players. That means all players. How do we make sure that that conversation means everybody on our end? How do we extend that to media? Um, If you have sponsors coming in, sponsors for, for whatever, whether it's, you know, secret or, or anybody else wanting to support the league. That's awesome. Is that material um, support being extended to media? What happens to the media 
if enough people can't get these kinds of jobs, can't be able to, to support themselves while covering this sport. Um, so I, I think that I, I love the idea of the, you know, high tides raising all ships, but that is where it's necessary to have people who understand all facets of the space and saying, okay, this is great. Whatever the U.S. does next is going to be great. How do we make sure that this is universally true for everybody and that that extends outward past kind of the photo op uh, with, with Joe Biden? But like I said, you know, you, if you start there, the trickle down hopefully is, is great because it doesn't really get much, much better than that. So that's kind of what I think. Yeah, right on. I'm, I'm right there with Claire. I think I'll just add my own personal reaction to it. It was, it was great to see. Um, loved, love that Midge Purse was um, right there in the thick of it. Um, she's absolutely uh, somebody that the league needs to uh, continue to work with, highlight and profile moving forward, 100%. And um, even just scaling it back a little bit and having um, just focusing in on, on Megan Rapinoe also being a part of that hearing and sort of shielding questions and answering things with, with other senators that that was huge. That happened before uh, the visit uh, with, with the president and Dr. Uh, Joe Biden. Um, it was great to, to hear her uh, fielding those things and, and really in defense of the lawsuit that they have going on with, with their literal employer in, in U S soccer um, and not just hear Megan Rapinoe speak about, um, and defend that, but also, you know, express solidarity, you know, for, for trans athletes and, and talk a lot about the importance of, of that in the space. And, uh, you know, in defense of, you know, fair pay, equal pay for, for, for women. And it was great to hear her talk about how it would be unfair to marginalize anybody by, by their gender, regardless. And um, to hear them both later on in, in the afternoon, you know, make introductory remarks for the first lady and, and for the president was, was, was huge. Um, and I, I know that we're all in this space and we're all in this fight, you know, um, together, but I also think it's very important and we hear that from somebody in Megan Rapinoe when she she speaks a lot and also talks a lot about the importance of allyship, um, how white women need to continue to not just fight for women, but continue to fight for the women that don't look like them. And yes, a rising tide lifts all ships, but I also like to point out and say, well, who has the boat? Who has the ship? And what condition is your boat in? And does it have a life jacket? Because I know someone who A, doesn't have a boat at all, B doesn't have a life jacket. So it's very important to always continue to be mindful of things, of those things. Um, there's all, you always see that statistic that is utilized to sort of hammer home that point about lack of the lack of the inequalities in, in pay be between men and women. It's like, oh, women make X amount of cents on the dollar, but black women and Latinas and oh my God, and it's so much worse for them. Well, why aren't you leading with that point? Why are we still centering, you know, white women? So it's like, these are things that we can all continue to think about, question, and try to work on in this space. Um, because even though, yes, you absolutely 100% women are all in this fight together, we also still need to continue to have these conversations and dialogues with each other to continue to make sure that this space is reflective of all of those things that we're talking about you know, diversity, inclusion, equality, inclusivity, all of it. Um, so I loved it. I thought it was, um, I thought it was great. I thought it was perfect that 
of the two people because of COVID, right? Because the two people who were essentially allowed to to be able to to be the faces of that moment were someone in Megan Rapinoe and Mitch Mitch Purse was 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 perfect of of the time that we're in right now. Now you two, to put it kind of simply, are <laughs> I was laughing when I was writing this question. When it comes to Red Stars coverage and everything, when it comes to the city, you two are kind of the OGs when it comes to it, right? Like, let, like, let, let's let's be real. Like, there, I mean, even for this podcast, I don't think, actually, I don't, it's not even a thing. I know, I know that there really wouldn't be a motivation to put this together if it wasn't for you two. So for that, thank you. And to follow that up with the question is, is there ever a point or has there ever been a point where it felt strange seeing more and more coverage on the team and in the league. And apart from if it did feel strange, how did it make you feel being one of like the first ones, at least in a, in the Chicago space? I mean, yeah, short answer. Sure. Um, I think the, the first, the first feeling is always like, hell yeah, this is great. More people. And, and the other thing is there's room, there's room. If you think about the context of men's sports, how many different people you have talking about, one team, you know, you go way, way, way back. You talk about the athletic, like golden state warriors, right? You just talk about how many people talk about that team. Um, so there is room and I definitely do not ascribe to, to the idea that we need to be fighting for, for relevancy where no, we should all be talking about the Chicago red stars. Right. Um, I think, I think again, it just comes, keeps coming back to, um, that idea of material support you know, we've been doing this for a long time and it's still what we do for fun, essentially. Um, and so is there like a little pang in the heart when someone whose job it is to cover sports starts covering the red stars? Sure. You know, it's like, Oh, I wish, you know, I wish that that could be me, but, um, I think that the more the merrier, you know, and whatever support we can give to other people, we want to do that. But Sandra is really good at, at talking about this though. Um, about the concept of you have to you have to sort of like protect your own heart and your own energy while also wanting to be supportive of other people coming into the space where is is someone coming to you with like like you guys like coming with a genuine wanting to keep talking about the red stars do things collaboratively or is this someone who is trying to um, mine your knowledge you know and I think without without doing the work themselves and and so I think that all of that, kind of goes into your head a little bit especially when you are trying to take your own time and spend your own energy covering the team um but the thing I always say I tell this to Sandra though is that uh one of the reasons why also this is why there's room is because I like the person I like talking to about this red stars the most with is Sandra she is the person who I like talking to about the red stars and so I you know that is always the element of even if we didn't record another podcast ever again, I'd still be calling Sandra to talk about the Chicago Red Stars. So um, you just have to have faith in your own brand, I think, and have faith in the work that you do. And uh, and yeah, and just uh, be be happy that more people are talking about it, I think. You, uh, you have to have a confidence in the work that you're putting together and doing. And um, I will always cape for Southside Trap because uh, I know that nobody knows the Red Star space like Claire and I do in this space. Um, you know, even just like you guys asked us about 
what was our favorite moment? We talked a lot about 2019. And part, part of that was was having conversations about 2019. Like we had those conversations as well leading in to content planning for that season. You know, it was going to be a World Cup year. We were like, oh, we got to get ready for, you know, people who, you know, are, are going to parachute in and want to just cover some World Cup storylines and then parachute right back out and, you know, sort of forget about uh, the space and the team and, 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 and regular coverage, you know, like that, that just exists, unfortunately, right now as the media landscape is shaped out, that's, that's how it kind of operates. Um, but I also took that as like kind of a personal challenge. Like, you know, we're, we're two people who go to nearly every single Chicago Red Stars game, you know, whenever there's a home game and took it as a little bit of personal challenges. Like, you know what, this is a great team. They are contenders all the time. They're fun to cover. This is a fun environment. Like we kind of like took that on as we're like, you know, let's make like, we want to have fun in the like press box. Like we want to make it loose. Like let's have a good time. Like, you know, we get up for, we get up for game day too, y'all. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a big deal for us too. Like match day, let's, let's go. Um, So we wanted. Yeah, Connor, like, Connor's been around for some of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, was, I was there. I was, I was Connor, there. Was, was Connor knows I'm like, let's, let's, you know, let's, let's, let's have fun with. So that includes like, you know, sort of, a, you know, presenting a, an inviting space, right, within within the private. I, rem- I remember on my first day how intimidated I was walking into this space. I was literally the only woman. And I looked on the row and it was all white guys, old white dudes. Sorry, John. But shout out to my boy, John D. Hollering. But I'm going to point him out specifically because he was the person who like came up to me, introduced himself, said hello, and welcomed me into the and into the space. It's very important. So we like I kind of took that as a challenge. Like I kind of wanted us to like have like be those people to anyone else who wanted to come in the space because if you make if you make the space, if you help you know cultivate it and grow it, like you're those people are going to still you know return and come back and want to cover the team, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's a fine line you got to walk sometimes you know because you know you're a knowledgeable person in this space and um you don't you don't want to do the labor or the work for somebody else but you also want the team to be covered efficiently and correctly right (laughs) um with knowledge and with background um so yeah there is there's a there's a the fine line you gotta gotta walk sometimes and there are choices that you might have to make and sometimes you know you shouldn't always be afraid to say no you got to protect yourself and and say no. No isn't a bad word, especially for women. Like women need to know that no is a no is a great word if you're a woman. Um, so it's a. I feel lucky that Claire and I do the work that we do together because these are also choices and decisions and conversations that I don't have to have by myself. Like I get to have them with my friend and iron them out and flesh them out a little bit more. So I know how how lucky and fortunate I am in, in, in that capacity as well. The fact that Sandra and I have had each other for as long as we have is very, that's the other thing too, is very unique as well. Um, a lot of people in this, you know, in this space, we are on all the different group chat apps. We are talking to each other across the country, but to have, and, and I want to include John in this too, to have a core group of people who are nice, good people who care about the team um, and get along uh, is very rare. And it's a testament. I mean, it's a testament to Chicago as a city, greatest city in the country, uh, but it's a testament to the team and, and it's uh, a testament to kind of the culture that we're all trying to create. So I, I am very proud of the idea of like when people think of covering the red stars, they're like, oh, Sandra and Claire will be there. And that is like a nice thing, you know? So you can only be good. 
You briefly mentioned the the hype of game day and like the excitement of mixed zones and that whole thing. Um, and as someone, and Sarah can relate to this, who's never played a game at SeatGeek with fans, um, from your perspective, what is the most exciting part of game day? Like, what do you look forward to most? It's you, so funny. It's so funny that you... You mean you didn't hear us cheer in front of the press box? <laughs> it's, it's so... <laughs> and I want to clarify that the press box is full of media folk and Chicago Red Sox front and the team. Yeah, the, the so when you're office. here, you're cheering. It's not us. It's the front office folks. <laughs> I want to put that on record. So, I think. I think when Sam Kerr. I think when Sam Kerr broke the the end of USL single season scoring record. I think oh, I maybe just did one like. I think that was across the board. Just kind of like fist bump. That was across the board. Like there were like, like that, yeah. There were like four of us in the press box, and we were all like, "Yes, this is yeah. good. This yeah. is a, <laughs> it is all it is acceptable to like emote. Snaps, snaps for that accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody emote right now. A record was broken. Yeah, I um, it's so funny that you asked that because like in prepping for this, I was like, it's so it's so funny because it's like the table's about to get flipped and we're gonna get interviewed. But like at the same time, like we haven't had the opportunity to hit you either of you up in the mix zone and do like a game day with you guys. So it's so it's so funny to sort of be doing this um ahead of that. But honestly the most exciting thing for me about game day is you know the drive into the stadium because it's a drive it's a drive to get to, to Bridgeview and you know having your playlist going and or having your podcast whatever podcast you want to you know have get you in the zone and um to be corny like seeing my friends <laughs> like it's cool to be able to get into this space um with all of the other people who are sort of working towards the same goal that you're working towards it's 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 always great to to see see Clara games it's always great to see John Annie when she's able to come out to games um you know and being able to talk about the Red Star seeing the front office folks who work so hard as they do you know seeing Connor a couple games that we were able to see him during during fall series um you know you you collaborate with these people on such a consistent basis and it's always via email or now zooms or or text messages or phone call or whatever and um you maybe get to see them you know once or twice a month you know if, if that depending on, on the schedule right so it really I, I really get hyped up for uh the unknown like because we don't know if you guys are going to win lose draw that day right and uh we got to be able to be prepared to shift perspectives no matter what the outcome is um so no the unknown and and getting hyped up to to see to see all my homies is what is most exciting for game day for me yeah i agree with all of that but i just have to i'm like i'm trying to imagine i'm like imagining game day um i just love soccer too <laughs> so i think i mean i love watching soccer live i it's amazing um one of the one of the great things about being covering the team as you get to sit in the press box and and watch watch the game i think that for me the thing that i the moment that i love the most and i love i love the the getting to the stadium um i recently bought a car so that's getting a lot easier for me this year you heard it here first got a car um it's a little bit of a like let's put on a show sort of a vibe with with you go see the fans they're excited they're chattering about what they think is going to happen uh you go to the press box you're talking with front office people you're chatting with security you're checking in with your friends and media but i think the best moment i still just think the best moment of a soccer game is opening whistle i just think that the first whistle of that game where everybody's set up you got like the you're gonna have like the hype music playing you guys had in 2019 you had like a hype video that you were doing 
and then it all gets quiet and then the game starts and i that's my favorite moment i love that moment i have chills now the chills gonna <laughs> <laughs> <And that> happen <laughs> it's coming it's gonna happen <laughs> i already said that i stalked your guys twitter so that's out there um <laughs> and obviously you guys are pretty active on twitter you guys are live tweeting sports, you know, different games that are on, whether it's like soccer, basketball, whatever. Um, so I just wanted to ask as a lighthearted question, what your guys' favorite sport um, to watch is outside of soccer? I just, <laughs> I love that Sarah's like, you idiots never log off. So I just, <laughs> this has just been consistent wow. feedback. Okay, this has been consistent feedback that we've been getting from the Red Stars all year is yep. they're just like, at the end of every conversation, you guys are like, yeah, we see your tweets. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, God. We're like, oh, God. God. It's um, so I mean, it's basketball. I I am a basketball newbie. I watch basketball like it's magic. I do not understand how people are able to do women's basketball specifically, some men's basketball. But I last year, you know, we all had stuff getting us through 2020. I got so emotionally attached to the Chicago sky. It was probably not healthy. And, and yeah, I, we've been watching the, the basketball, basketball tournament, NCAA women's basketball tournament. I like, I just like having sports on TV though. It's just a nice thing to have on. And I think that again, especially this year when you're maybe looking for a distraction from the same four walls you've been staring at, it's just nice to have a game on. And, and I think maybe this is, this is me too, which is just that I, I sometimes struggle with the early morning wake up of European leagues and stuff. So it's usually sports being played on, on our side of the planet, but yeah, I love basketball. Oh, I also have been getting very into tennis. Tennis is a new one for me too. I, I wrecked my sleep schedule watching the Australian open over the winter. Um, but yeah, I love tennis too. Now I I've gotten very into that as well. Yeah. Did on all those. My, my sport growing up was, was basketball. That was a sport I played. Um, and soccer was always just kind of like for fun in the park, like with friends, but like, um, yeah, basketball all the way. Uh, I feel very blessed to have fond, like vague memories of early bull, like '90s Bulls and stuff like that. Um, you know, Jordan era and everything. Um, WNBA ball is is life. It's so good. Uh, remember when WA got introduced and it's inaugural season and and feeling like you know all like so many girls do like whenever they watch women's professional athletes you know play pro ball of any sort and just being like wide-eyed and being like yes this is everything and uh when the chicago sky came around it was like heaven i was like oh my god this is this is what this is joy so yeah WNBA right on uh, tennis as well i mean we it we part of the content we talked about chicago sky we talked about uh, you know, Naomi Osai, we talked about tennis on Southside Trab. Like we've been bridging these things in little by little whenever the opportunity presents itself. Um, so yeah, you can't always like force yourself to watch nine to 12 hours of soccer. But at the same time, when you're such a sports head, right? You're like, okay, well, let me not watch nine to 12 hours of soccer, but let me break it up. Let me watch some soccer and then let me watch 
something else i don't know you're just wired a certain kind of way and uh as long as it has like the competitive component like i'll get super into it i, I watched survivor a lot too during 2020 i like, also being, watched survivor <laughs> being, being being quarantined and like yeah. having access to <laughs> subscribe to paramount plus y'all um yeah, be, right. having access having access to that like you get all the seasons so i was like yeah like you know, my friend motivated me to watch it like shout out to lauren so she was like yeah watch it and it has that competitive component to it you're, so you're not really watching sports like reality tv but it's also like competitive so i was like yeah that'll that'll check that box for me so um yeah women's basketball survivor <laughs> okay well we ask this to all of our guests and this is a very heated debate who is your guys's favorite team like men's premier league team between man united and liverpool oh <laughs> like um, i can, like i can only pick one and it's one of those teams one of those two yep yeah I can't believe you guys are like calling me out like this because I try really hard to stay out of this kind of stuff. <laughs> I like to watch all of these games and not get attached to anybody. I'm so sorry. It's Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, um... I just, I, you can tell, you can always tell which teams I'm like into based on my Instagram follows. And I just like followed a bunch of, I just think, Trent Alexander Arnold is nice and Mo Salah is nice. And I think Bobby Firmino is cute. And I think that they, I just, I like Liverpool. I think they could support their women's team a lot better, but I like that. I like that team. I feel, is it, can I, before I answer this, can I preface this with something? Is this being asked because like there's a divided house between the It seems of- like I could tell kind of from, from the reactions that we got So it's here, like, but, are there yeah. a lot of Red Devil fans and Liverpool fans? Among- well, Connor, you're a big, you're a big United fan, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I if I only had to pick one of these teams that I don't really back or support either of these teams. Yeah. But professionally speaking, like when I have to cover I was gonna say Sandra's yeah. a Chelsea fan. That's that's what she's not saying. Getting exposed. Left and right <laughs> on, this, on this episode. Um I I sorry, Connor, I love <laughs> They they're so much fun to cover, man. They're great to cover. They're fun to even write when about. they're bad. Even it's when they're like bad. what's going on? Yeah. It's like how are how are the goals not going in the net? Let's yeah. write about it. Let's write about it. And you know, Bruno Fernandez is like okay, I guess, yeah. but like okay. Not- <laughs> the only good part about Man United. Oh no 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 no. Look, no. Connor. The real question is when you're choosing your men's team, yeah. you're supposed to ask which is the most handsome. And that is the one you go with. That's it. That's the answer. Exactly. <laughs> How has it been? This is especially for the two players. You guys have a full schedule, right? You are professional soccer players. That is not an easy job. How has it been kind of dipping, dipping the foot, dipping the toe into doing some media yourselves? How have you found it? How's it been? Yeah, it's been interesting. I don't know. I still, I really am just kind of trying to go in every podcast and just have fun. <laughs> And I try to do, you know, I try to be as prepared as I can. And Connor, you know, shares our a Google Drive with us. We can all like write down our questions in there and stuff. Um, yeah, I definitely have a lot of respect for you guys and everyone else that does this as a profession because I personally think it can be draining sometimes. There's a lot of behind the scenes work that goes into it and um yeah I don't know it's it's been cool though you know and I I put in my LinkedIn profile that I'm a part-time 
podcast co-host. Yeah, but it's been it's been cool. I like that I can add that to my resume and say, you know, I have experience doing this. It's fun. And I get to meet really, really cool and interesting people. That is actually probably my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Getting to have all these opportunities to talk to people and ask them just questions about anything, like what they're if they like Liverpool or not, you know, and roasting Connor when they say yes. <laughs> Yeah, I would definitely echo everything Sarah said. Um, like just massive respect for you all who work in this space um, and just seeing like the behind the scenes work of that. But yeah, I definitely agree that my favorite part has just been getting to talk to all of you and getting to hear what your lives are like. And we have a lot of shared interests, obviously, because we're focused on like the same thing, just coming at it from different angles. and. It's been really cool to make connections with people and hear just what their lives are like, especially during a pandemic, because the same thing was affected for us. But then how does it affect our lives and how have we related to that? So, yeah, I mean, I've really enjoyed it. I definitely wouldn't have thought I'd be here. Never would have expected it. But like, I love it. When someday, someday we're going to return to the way we used to cover things and there's going to be mix zones. So get ready. Yeah, just practice, just practice right now. Tell us, tell us about the goal. That's the one. That's the one. Tell Tell us about the goal. And you can be prepared, you can be prepared to answer it in any kind of way, whether you got scored on or whether you or whether you scored it yourself. Hoping no goals against. Yeah. Sandra, Claire, once again, thank you for coming on the show. It was an absolute pleasure. It was an honor, really. I'm really excited to see you guys again soon. Once we get once we get back to the stadium, so thank you guys for taking times out of your very busy days and lives, and just again, we really appreciate it. So this was a long email chain in the making, but very glad we got it to happen. So thank you guys. Yeah, of course, have us back, and uh, good luck, you guys. Challenge Cup coming up. Good luck. All right, so that was Sandra and Claire. Uh, once again, I just want to thank them for joining on the show, and. I think the coolest thing for me, right? And I can't remember, I can't remember who asked that. It wasn't me, but the 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 church's part when comparing it to, like that I that was probably the coolest thing. Like it's so random, but it cool in the exact same way. Yeah, I loved hearing about their journey through COVID and how they like started their Patreon and all that right at the beginning and then how they've kind of worked through this time and still maintain their their fan base and just I mean obviously stayed the awesome people they are and are continuing their work. Yeah they put so much work into what they what they love um and yeah you can really you see it in their in their Twitter feeds in their writing and everything and it's, it's amazing. They're just some of the, they're honestly just two of the most fun people to be around to, just to talk to in general. And you know, I'm just super glad that I'm actually able to share a press box with them every now and then because they, they're they're just they're just fun to talk. They're just, they're so knowledgeable and they're just fun. They're just great people to want to be around, honestly. And I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, they they said Liverpool, right? Like they went mm-hmm. Liverpool for you guys. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they definitely, I got, that was like the first show I've been outnumbered. I don't like it, but, <laughs> but, 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 but I'm, I'm not wearing either because A, hole, 
thank you, universe. You guys are the best. B, Super League. Enough said. <laughs> um, no comment. <laughs> none. None <laughs> whatsoever. But but back to back to Southside Trap. No, it, I, I, I thought it was great. Like, I'm very glad that they were able to come on. Um, I can honestly, and for the second, third straight episode, the tables were flipped and you guys got interviewed on the show too. So that was great. That's always fun. <laughs> yeah, I really, I like asking the questions more. So <laughs> they are professionals at this though. So it wasn't surprising that they decided to go back to their element. <laughs> Could you guys see yourself on their show though? Yeah. Yeah. Like be guests on their show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would just want to talk to them more. So. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that does it for this episode. Once again, thank you all again for listening slash watching slash however you are consuming this. Um, is there anything else you guys want to say before we send it off? Uh, not really. I just think it was it was beautiful to hear their friendship through how they talked about their journey. And I hope you all felt that too. Go Red Stars. Go Red Stars. Really? (laughs) 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 Well, that does it for us. Like I said, uh, thank you guys for listening. Keep uh, games are starting soon. Can't wait for that. Regular season games are starting soon. Can't wait for that. Can't wait to see all of you guys back in the stadium safely, socially distanced, however the case may be uh, when it's when it's time. And uh, be on the lookout for a particular ad on the Jumbotron. Hint, hint, wink, wink. You'll get the idea once you, once you get there. But until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs>